On this Info Pilgrims Live, we talk about the chaos surrounding the Democratic Party after the Iowa and New Hampshire caucus. This is an episode that's going to be highly political, obviously, but something you're going to enjoy. So let's go. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Info Pilgrims Live podcast recorded live at the Collab Studios in beautiful, sunny Venice, Florida. I am Jack May and I am joined this week with a great co-host David Dolby and Benny D on the ones and twos. How is everyone this week? I want to do a personal thanks to science for... He's coming in hot, Ben. Bacon. I had some bacon the other day, and it was whiskey bacon, and we, it was, like, cooked with brown sugar on it. And they just didn't have that a 1,000 years ago. They didn't have that opportunity. They didn't have that availability. And we stand on the shoulders of giants eating our candied bacon, and we take it for granted. No longer. So I'm thanking science. I'm thanking the progression of what culinary advancement. I'm just getting it on record. Here's my thing. Oh, boy. <sighs> These people who have created this have tailored to people just like David who will purposely buy bacon that has the word whiskey in it because <laughs> okay. they may be a little too much Shots on the bottle of fired. It. Shots fired. I want you to know I was looking for <laughs> maple maple bacon, oh. but they only had maple whiskey. Maple whiskey bacon. I don't know what all goes into it. It tastes amazing, and you guys are liars if you pretend like – an item, if money was not an issue and one of the items on the menu was whiskey bacon, you would not at least stop for a second to think about that. Well, let me be real. I don't like whiskey flavored stuff. I like whiskey oh. by itself. Like, that's just who I personally am. Like, I'm not intrigued by that. But I'm not an alcoholic either, so. I will say the bottle <laughs> is empty here. Listen, we are shot. Let's just move on okay, for this. Poor, yeah. poor David. I occasionally sip on alcoholic beverages. <laughs> 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 like in South Park, I don't know if you guys seen the episode. Where, oh my! So we we're about to lose all credence. We're talking about whiskey, <laughs> South Park, and then we're, we're going to talk about the Democratic Party. Yeah, well, it's perfect. It flows together. Yeah, it's a good flow. Ooh. Randy Marsh, he like starts going to this PC frat, and at one point he gets trashed at one of the parties, and he comes back, and his wife is like, "Randy, were you drinking?" And he's like, "There were refreshments. Yes, <laughs> that's how I feel like. There were refreshments." Uh, anyway, transition. Democrats. What's Troy going on? Price? What's going on? So let's just get into it. Obviously, the Iowa caucus was a kerfuddle for the Democratic Party. Do you like that word? Kerfuddle? I don't think it's a word. It, it is, is a word. The way Ben crinkled his eyebrows. I think he was just more impressed I said a big word. I kerfuddle. I was. <laughs> Are we sure that's a kerfuddle? Kerfuddle. Google it. Well, Google it. Anyways, so let's get a little more serious. It was it was a mess. The the caucus they tried to do everything through the app. The app crashed. Everyone thought that you know they were being hacked, and it just really came down to incompetence. And we finally came down to the verdict that was Pete Buttigieg actually won thirteen to twelve uh, delegates over Bernie Sanders. That's the final like official. Mm -hmm. I remember one hundred percent reporting. But they were very close, Bernie and. Oh yeah, twenty six point two percent and twenty six point one percent. Wow! Literally five hundred and sixty four votes to five hundred and sixty two votes. Okay, so just to backtrack on this a little bit, because back in the day when I was listening to Joe Rogan heavy, because I was cleaning pools. He would come up with, he would bring up, <laughs> I, just, I, I just try what to find the relevance sense? to that. You know, if you're cleaning pools, 
your brain needs to be occupied. So okay. you listen to podcasts. Okay. You can't listen to podcasts when you're bussing, is gotcha. what I've discovered. But um, anyway, Joe Rogan would bring up this idea a lot, like, why aren't we voting on an app? Mm. Because there's always these problems with voting booths, and how is it not possible just to download a voting app and have it super secure so people can get on, everybody can get on, it will increase participation, security, and easeability of voting. And uh, he would push that out. And so they finally tried it, I guess, in Iowa for this limited release of this app that I, I think one of the uh, DNC companies orchestrated the creation of the app. I'm not sure, though. I was on these conspiracy threads, and they were like, oh, we found the guy that made the app. He's a reptilian. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. They tried to do this app for the first time, and it completely fails. So now I feel like the American population has lost faith in the idea of voting through an app. Uh, do you feel – do you think – like, would you feel safe voting on a f phone right now? I'm going to be real with you. Being part of the voting process for the past about six years – Nothing feels secure. <laughs> yeah, I I'm believe gonna be, that. I'm gonna be I real. Like that. There, it's not human error that scares me as much as human intentional error. Is the fact that people are gonna always want to self serve themselves, and if they see an opening, they're gonna attack it. So, yes, I, I think everyone's infallible. If we create an app for voting for everything, yeah, someone's gonna find a way to hack it, or they're gonna pace the person who created the app to find a loophole for it. It's just people are scumbags. I think that's the best way to look at it. Like there's going to be a way that it's been misused. Yeah. So you're just saying it's it's inevitable. There's yeah, it doesn't be matter some... if we do it on a piece of paper and we got hanging chads. We do it on an app, It's it can crash or, you know, people misuse it. I, It's just it, people are going to find a way. It's like uh, like they say in uh, Jurassic Park, uh, life uh, finds a way. Finds a way. <laughs> so it's just like that's just the truth. Good like accent. Cheating finds a way kind of thing. Yeah, that it's, may actually I think that's. A rarely insightful comment from yeah. Jack. Oh, well, thank you, David. Yeah. But, like, I just – I think that there's no perfect way in doing this, and I think the Iowa showed that we're still not there technologically where we can figure it out. But it's still – there's a better way of handling it. And I think the Democratic Party already knew that they were on notice because Trump is, for lack of better words, he is a steamroll train waiting to happen for whoever the candidate is. And that's just who he is. He's, his presence on a podium against someone else is always going to be imposing. And when you already start having you know chaos inside of a party, Trump is just like... Looking he, at his chops. He's just looking at his chops. Yeah. He sees this as like, oh, your party can't even handle voting in one state. Why should we trust the whole government to you? Like That's just something off the top of my head. And I, Trump's got much smarter people than me who are going to come up with these ideas. Yeah. I don't know. Ben, how do you feel about like... <laughs> Voting on voting. I'm going to be completely honest. Ben's I, our tech guy. So this is interesting. I have not voted yet. And that's I, I say that with shame. Wait, wait, wait. You've never voted, period. Y yeah. <laughs> well, no, I did vote for Doug Martin rookie of the year one time back in 2012. All right. Let's, let's just go. <laughs> let's go to Ben. Ben, yeah. what are your thoughts on this? You know, um, it really comes down to an interesting topic. You know, like you mentioned, Jack, that um, whether it's paper and we have hanging chads or, you know, it's people using deceased people's, um, mm -hmm. you know, social security numbers to vote and those kind of things. Like, I, I don't know. David, you've never been <laughs> to a voting booth before. <laughs> yes, back but, to that statement. But it's not hard to get no. in to vote. No, it's not. Okay? And in our area, the people who volunteer to vote, you know, to run the polling areas are not always the brightest. Mm -mm. And it's not like they have to pass a test or anything it's like a, that. It's $150 to 
they get paid to just be there basically. Right. So yeah. like any dumb dumb can do it. And I hate saying dumb dumb, but it's the truth. Anyone can do it. Yeah, anyone can do it. And, as long and, as you're not a felon. And listen, we appreciate the people who, you know, man the polling booths because everybody's a I don't maniac do it. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not worth $150 to me. But um, you know, I think go I think there's ways to go about it to um cause uh, use mobile technology to further our capabilities in the voting process. Mm-hmm. I think there's many ways to do it. Um, I think the issue is, as people are trying to build this app, whether they're trying to build it with loopholes or without loopholes, I think there's too much focus on that. Mm-hmm. Work on the security of the app to where, you know, it, it's not crashing. Make sure your servers are, are adequate, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Listen, Facebook app crashes every now and again. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have, you know, a vast majority of people trying to use an app on one server, it's not going to work. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think, you know, if there's definitely ways that they could roll it out to be um, beneficial yeah. because there's a lot of people who won't go out and vote. Um, there was a picture on Facebook I just saw the other day, and it was, you know, just an illustration What is what it was. But it was like, we voted for Trump we didn't vote at all. And there was like five people who voted for Trump and like 4,000 people who yep. didn't vote. And we're like, and that's how people got elected. It's because the, the people who are passionate are going to, um, they're going to get out and vote. All right. But if you're like, Hey, here's an option for you to do it. Boom. Like I'll vote, you know? Yeah. The, um, I look at like, uh, Things like The Voice, okay, for instance, the mm-hmm. the TV show, um, on on TV. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, that's the TV show that's on so. TV. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Um, so The Voice, like you can download their app and you can actually vote for people that you want to keep on or or right. you know vote off or whatnot. Yeah. Like if NBC can do it, listen, the government can do it. But I think they're focusing on different aspects that. That need to that need to be um, I, prioritized. See, the thing is, that, like you say, like, hey, like, let's compare the voice to a democratic thing. And the problem is, nobody cares about hacking that. Like, uh, I don't care if Jennifer is going to win that much. Where I'm going to put so much time and effort behind it. Whereas, like, hacking a voting booth, more or less, is like, hey, like, I can change the direction of our country by changing these votes and to benefit myself. So there actually is a benefit to it. Sure. And I think that's the that's the problem we're having is like. Humans aren't perfect. We're go- if there's a benefit to us and we can get away with it, like let's say the creator of the app gets offered some insane amount, like $150 million to like, hey, manipulate the app. Let me manipulate the app. It's going to be hard. I-, I don't think the majority of people can say no to that. And that's mm. that's the problem we're having is like we have to pay these people an insane amount for technology that could still be misused instead of us just using paper, which is already misused and we know how to combat that. And I think that's the issue is – Iowa proved is like we're just not there technologically whereas like I I think we get to the to a, a, about 20 or 30 years down the road there's gonna be personalized technology where we just push a button and, and it's infallible because it's connected to us the technology mm-hmm. is connected to us and that can't be misused and I think that's where we're gonna get to I'm just seeing Iowa was just eye-opening because it was just pathetic like ensure uh, like people are saying oh it's Iowa it's a second rate yeah but they're political system there is very powerful so like if they can be corrupted what there's no way like that new york's you know if they create an app that one can't be corrupted because that's a possibility and i i just think people need to be aware of that and be a little more wary yeah 
honestly, I think we have the people in the world right now that can definitely add this with, mm. um, you know, security type pr- tr- yeah. protection. I mean, our financial institutions no. are, you know, top level security, those kind of things. Um, are is there still areas for loopholes? Absolutely, but I don't think that our government would want to enlist the help of the people who could create this. Well, we look at what the past election with the Ukrainians and the Russians who manipulated it, and that's the thing. Is it's like. It's it's just a scary place to be when we start putting and I'm a person I love technology. It's a scary place when we start putting all our our all our eggs into that basket. Whereas like yes, the paper ballot system is flawed, but when you know you're evil instead of the unknown evil, I feel like it's a safer place to be. Yeah. I just, we're, we're just not there yet in my mind. Like I feel like we need to get there yeah. because it makes sense. We we had 61% of voters turn out in 2016. That's it. Literally almost half of our country didn't vote. My bad. (laughs) I'm included in that. (laughs) I I think Ben is 100% right. Like, if we put this in technology, more people are going to start voting. Do you feel like if more people started voting, uh, it would change the trajectory? My personal opinion is I do not. Because Mm. if you're passionate enough about it, you're going to go vote. People who aren't passionate about it, like, they're going to either like it or they're not going to like it, you know? So... If you're not passionate about it, are you still going to vote? Yeah. Probably not. But ah, that's a good point. I mean, you really think about it, and like this, this might be kind of uh, not senile is not the right word, but um, crazy for me to think this way. Like, I think all voting has already been predetermined. You know? Oh, Jack! I, bef- I I know that's a lot for you, David. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think that it's already determined. It's not controlled by the people. I think it's controlled by. A network that's more behind the scenes. I'm not saying like, oh, it's the Illuminati or not. It could be the Illuminati. I don't know. But I think that our votes really, really don't have a lot of value. And I'm not saying don't go vote. I still think voting is an important American right that we should all, you know, cherish. But I also think that, you know, a lo- there's a lot of control behind the scenes that we don't really see. Do you feel like that, you know, you had a little bit of confirmation there when the impeachment trial went on in regards to the um, interference that Russia or Ukraine had with the election that they were like, they can't actually interfere because, you know, the electoral college was actually already decided. Kind I, of thing. I think that it's, it's see, that's a lot to, to break down real right there. But I think that um, the more we looked at the situation, my computer is sounding like an airplane. It's right breathing now. heavy. <laughs> it's been smoking a lot. That's because it's not an Apple product yeah. and it's surrounded by Apple products. They're attacking it. No, um, <laughs> Kill it. I think that, I don't know, the impeachment process, I felt it was already predetermined. There wasn't a lot of facts brought to light. There wasn't a lot of witnesses, and that was obviously due to the Republicans blocking the witnesses. But, like, at the end of the day, there wasn't a lot deemed, in my mind, quality that that Mm. really judged Trump the other way. I really felt like it was just a party divide. Mitt Mitt Romney saw this as an opportunity to... Hey, if I vote this opposite way, I can actually get some Democratic support on some of the bills I'm going to present. Grandstanding. Exactly. And he saw it as a benefit. And like a lot of people are like, oh, but he showed emotion. Yeah, Mitt Romney's been a robot his whole life. He knows when he has to show emotion. I mean, he showed that in the 2012 election. He showed like when he has to show emotion, he shows emotion. When he doesn't, it he doesn't. Like he could be at one of the saddest things and he'll just sit there smiling away like a crazy person. I, I think we have to be careful in how we predetermine 
our thought process through the situation we're going through right now because there's just so much to unpack. At the end of the day, there wasn't evidence presented that showed that Trump, what he did was wrong. There was a lot of people saying, yeah, he did it. Yeah, he did it. And that's what the the um, Democrats were holding on to was that, like, hey, there's people saying he did this. But at the end of the day, there was no proof presented that showed that he did it. That's the that's the issue I'm having. I might have just went completely out of what you asked me. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I, I apologize. I just want to go down this rabbit hole yeah. real quick with you. Um, do you feel that... In one of the privileges of being president is even though somebody can say it, mm. they actually can't do anything because I'm president. Because are you saying like he can commit crime and get away with it more or less? Well, not not only that, like they're like we need hard facts mm. in order to do anything about this. But yet when the Me Too movement comes around and they're like you know, I've been sexually assaulted by so-and-so, mm. boom, that person's removed from the organization like that because th- the organization doesn't want that flack or whatever. Ben, you are bringing some great questions today. I just ben want to say is that. also taking us all over. Like I love the, this, though. Like, yeah. this is this is what I expected our podcast to be, like, today. Um, I th- <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, I just... Today? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's a cool thing to say. Um, I think that it's interesting to bring that up because, like, you see these people, like, there's no proof on, like, certain people, like, hey, they... I just said they did it, and then they're, they're guilty in everyone's mind. Whereas, like, Trump is getting, let's be honest, he's getting miles upon miles of, like, hey, we don't have proof of this. Like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, the only thing we have on him is the whole in the bathroom, you know, his statements about grabbing a woman's vaginal area. I don't want to repeat his words for word for word because it's inappropriate. But, like, that's the only proof they really have. I think as a president, he gets more slack because – hey, we can't remove a leader because that makes us look like an unstable country. Even if you're a Democrat, you realize like that's a dangerous slope to go down, especially when we're on the, you know, like teetering on the edge of war right now. We have to look like a strong country. And yeah, sure, you got some crazy Democrats like Nancy Pelosi who obviously do not care about the country. And I know that's a polarizing statement. I try not to say that on this episode. But I, it's it's dangerous when you have that mindset like her. So... It just comes down to, I think he's given a longer leash. Just to wind back to what I said. The president given a lot of... Yeah, I would say definitely. Just to protect the nation more or less. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the CEO of an organization has perks that the janitor doesn't. So, you know, we always come to that. Yeah, you're not going to fire the CEO if it's just an assumption. You're going to fire a janitor if it's an assumption. Correct, yeah. So As wrong as that is. Absolutely. But, you know... On the second hand, they kind of earn that respect because of where they they mm-hmm. sit and what they do for the organization. You know, same thing with presidency. No, you know? I, I, and, I'm sorry. No, you're good. I, I just I, I wanted to know what your opinion yeah. on was that. I totally agree with what you said, though. I think that it's wrong. I want to make that very clear. I think that if the president is being accused of it, he should be just as guilty in the minds of citizens as just like a movie director being accused of it. Absolutely. I, I think that that is missed on a lot of people's minds is like, oh, he's a president. He should be like, yeah, he's given that because he's earned it, but doesn't mean that it's right. In society, should we say that it's innocent until proven guilty or guilty until proven innocent, though? See, this is I think this is it becomes an opinion. I honestly, for me, it's always been guilty on proven innocent. That's just my mindset. I think that you have to prove to me that you're not guilty. But uh, the next person over has a different opinion of, of the, the justice system. Whereas, like, David could say, no, I think everyone's innocent until proven guilty. Well, 
on a human level, I hate, no, I no, hate do saying it. that, but because it's like, oh, you think you understand humanity? <laughs> but if you if you enact a, a judicial system that has the mindset of guilty until proven innocent, everybody is guilty. Oh yeah. So you have to do this innocent until proven guilty just to maintain a just proceeding of law. And that, that's why I say it's an opinion. I think that our sis- justice system is founded upon uh, innocent until proven guilty. But let's be real. Like I'm speaking from my heart. Like I think someone's guilty until they're innocent. So if you put me into a – like if I'm put onto a jury, I cannot be subjective because I'm going to think you're guilty until you prove me, give me a reason right. to prove you're not innocent. And I – I've been on jury and I've said that because it's the truth is like, I cannot be subjective. I automatically think he's did something wrong. Objective. We we talk about something called trust versus suspicion. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've kind of been studying this at work. And one of the um, aspects is, is when, when there's a void, okay. Mm -hmm. In in this innocent until proven guilty kind of thing, there's a void there. We don't know the answer. Um, nine times out of ten, like our human reaction is to put suspicion there. Yeah. So that's where we would put mm, they did it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I I just know they did it. That kind of stuff. But if you know to to live as a like a solid and not saying you're not solid or mm-hmm. or you know emotional or anything like that, but to live as like a gracious human being, you know, saying I'm gonna believe that there was a situation that happened. Mm-hmm. And that it's, you know, it's not your fault, you know, yeah. kind of thing until you prove me otherwise. Yeah. So, you know, you can either replace that void with trust or you can replace it with suspicion. Mm-hmm. We do it in everyday life. Yeah. David doesn't show up on time. We can trust that. That's just Dude, a, ran- just that's a random fire example. He just pulled that out. That has, that was a different David. So we can either trust that David, you know, actually had something, you know, we don't know what's actually going on in his life. Mm-hmm. Until he gets here and starts yelling at it on the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Or we can replace it with suspicion and be like, he doesn't value us. He doesn't like our listeners. Like, all that kind of stuff. So Ben is just shooting fire. Fire after fire. Straight fire coming out of Ben. No, I'm just saying, like, we have the choice of being trust versus suspicion. Yeah. And so we actually have the choice of innocent until proven guilty or guilty until proven innocent. And I think we teeter on those lines when it comes to what role do you play in my life? Mm-hmm. And I think that was, to be honest with you, uh, when I was a forensic investigator, that was one of the strongest things I struggled with was going into every case objectively and not thinking, hey, this person did this just based on the facts I saw before me at that time. I think that anyone who is in that field, whether you're a judge, you know, a jury or any of that stuff, it is a very difficult situation because you have to like you, it, it basically for me, I had to turn my brain off because I, everything inside of me wants to say, mm, no, you're guilty. Like Ben said, but like, that is, that is so hard to do. Mm-hmm. I think uh, one of the interesting things, cause this is about Trump and the democratic convention and everything and the history of Trump and his past four years, no, there was no denying that Trump morally not such a good guy growing up. I mean, just he was a womanizer. Okay, so that happened. And whether or not he's changed or what, it's not really yeah. for us to say. But there was enough evidence to be like, okay, this guy, he did some things that would make grandma blush. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, the only problem was it became so political, the morality was used as a weapon. Mm. And it cheapens the idea of morality. It's no longer an overarching set of values. It's like a, we can sling this at him so people will think less of him. Mm. And there's the people on the right, that's all I can speak for for sure because that's how I would have aligned myself at the time. 
we felt like the left didn't care about what was right or wrong. They just cared about not letting Trump win, and they were willing to use anything to that end. And that was the same with the impeachment, and that's the same with the Me Too idea. It all seemed very politically motivated, and there was no real, like, integritis? Integritis? Mm -hmm. Integrity? There's no integrity in their their assault. So we're not voting for Trump because we think he's got the sexual purity of a priest. Oh, I can't say a priest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry, Jack. (laughs) We're not voting for Trump because of his piety. We're voting for Trump because we think he's the best person to be in this position at the at the certain time. And I'm not saying me personally. I'm just saying, like, speaking for the right. Um, and then when we see the left attack his morality, we're mm. like, this is they're just not even trying to build a policy. And I'll tell you, it was a defining moment. I was driving past Walmart and there were a bunch of people were out picketing against Trump mm. mm-hmm. and they had no names for candidates for the left. It was just don't vote for Trump. <laughs> and it was like, what what is your counteroffer? Like, what is your what? Who are you raising up? Mm. And you see the DNC four years ago. It was a disaster with Hillary and Bernie. Mm. There's that huge controversy, which I think was proven that Hillary fixed the DNC to win over Bernie. So there's already a lot careful, of suspicion. Careful, man. Oh, well, maybe it's not validated. That's how the right views the left. Yeah. And that's at least in the conversation I, that I th- like maybe the DNC was rigged. I think that the problem is is the right has always clung to morality, and the left saw an opportunity. They for lack of better words, were licking their chops because they're like, oh, we're going to use the thing you've thrown in our face for the past right. 30 years against Roe versus Wade, you know, uh, uh, homosexual marriage, morality in your minds. We're going to throw this in your face and say, ha, you guys are hypocrites because you guys kept saying, oh, you know, you're supposed to be faithful. You're supposed to be, you know, just a man and a woman. You're supposed to not kill babies and stuff like that. Like, but here you guys are. You guys are validating a guy who's a womanizer who talks evil about women, blah blah blah. So they they saw this as an attack on on the morality of the right. Whereas like this is a little teetering a little dangerously, but like it's morality should never be the reason you don't vote for someone. I think that's a dangerous situation. This as a Christian, my job is to look at how an elected leader is going to take care of the majority. That's our, that's his job. My job, his personal life, whatever it's, we can't bring that into light. And I think that's, it's so hard to do that because I don't want to vote for a guy who's a womanizer. I don't want to vote for someone who, who like is all for killing babies. Like, but at the end of the day, like every single candidate has these flaws. There's no perfect candidate. Trump has his womanizing days you know, Pete Buttigieg is, you know, he's all for uh, killing babies. Like, these are the candidates that we're going to have to basically choose for. Bernie Sanders is a socialist. Like, he thinks that it's okay for basically for everyone to be paid the same, even though there's more work involved and stuff like that. Like, there's just problems with every candidate. So when you start nitpicking morality, I think it's dangerous because then you're just, you're setting yourself up for failure because there's no moral perfect person not even your pastor or your church. I mean, they, everyone has their faults. So like you have, it's a dangerous situation to go in when you start picking that way. I think that's a good point when you, especially cause you say like the Republicans, one of their calling cards was the conservative morality. Yeah. And it does seem and like Trump is not conservative. No. Like, and that's a good point that the Democrats brought up. Like, Hey, this whole idea that the Republican presidents are always going to church that, 
they were obviously playing the crowd and the politicians i think it's a lot of playing to the crowd you don't even know if they really believe what they're saying if mm-hmm. they're just trying to get votes and then you're like well part of the game is to get votes so that's what they're there to do yeah so it's on it's on the people and the elected officials but i just feel like if you're a professional voting political organization in america like the democrats are mm-hmm. one of the top two like democrat republican <laughs> I'm not of, disagreeing of, with of you. the superpower <laughs> i'm just like of the biggest superpower in the yeah. world right now and you're trying to present a candidate to your voting base and you just came four years ago from the biggest loss of like party history when hillary went down to trump yeah. and your first voting experience is a disaster mm. what is going on that's when i start thinking this is intentional mm. and th- and that's where i start thinking like you is the voting really matter? And yeah. you hate to say that because voting for your elected officials is like the bedrock of democracy. Like the people decide who's going to rule over and speak for them. But if you're the Democrats and this is what you produce after this whole – the four years and you're trying to take down Trump and you have nobody better to bring him down. And he's not the greatest order. The His fan base is – emboldened by mm-hmm. I passion. I think he's very, very great. Well, he's not the most eloquent person. What I'm saying. No. They could get no, okay, somebody. Gotcha. They could find somebody that could create arguments that you think could go toe-to-toe with Trump, but they don't. And it just seems like they're feeding the the right and the left. Mm-hmm. So he might get reelected. It might be part of their plan. No, and Illuminati mean, rules the world. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding about that the last part. No, I think that, like, I, it's a good point. It's a lot of people are saying it's just basically not Trump. That's that's what the Democratic Party is going with. And I think that's a that's a bad tactic. Tactic. And again, we're both. All three of us are speaking from the right. We're all yeah. more leaning to Republican. But we're trying to be. I'm trying to be. Trying as to be objective. As but the thing is, is like I respect the Democratic Party. I know we've been kind of bashing them. That wasn't my intention of this episode. But I just wanted to bring clarity to a situation. I mean, like as the candidates have been dropping out, like Andrew Yang, he dropped out after New Hampshire. Bernie Sanders was uh, was the ever the gentleman to him. I mean, he's I guarantee if Bernie Sanders wins the election, wins the presidency, Andrew Yang will be on his uh, his uh, cabinet. I I do respect the way that they are playing together, except for Joe Biden. Joe Biden is in his own world right now, and people are starting to realize where his mind is at. And that's why he finished fourth in Iowa and fifth in New Hampshire. And you think about New Hampshire's right next to Vermont, which is his hometown, his home state and yet he's losing these elections to like pete Buttigieg was above him who else was above him uh bernie sanders amy klobuchar elizabeth warren was about he finished fifth and like that's a vice president who had a great following coming into this election he finished fifth and it's because of the fact is all of these other candidates are working together like hey we just want to beat trump so like let's work together and figure out who's gonna be the best you know candidate more or less whereas joe B- biden is running the joe biden train just trying to run over everyone who opposes him and I mean, you look at that, that's, that's basically what, you know, every Republican tried to do against Trump and that didn't work. Like when Trump was running the Republican yeah. election. And so it's like Joe Biden is, it just seems like he's lost in the, the, the old school train of thought. And that's what the Republicans were doing. And the Republicans realized that crap, once Trump got elected, like this doesn't work, we have to change our direction. And smartly they changed it again, speaking from the right. They smartly changed it and realized, hey, this is how we win elections now. And it's what they've been doing ever since. And you start to see that in the Democratic Party. And I respect it. And I think they're doing it right. Um, going forward, I think, honestly, it's going to be a two-person race. It's going to be Bernie Sanders versus Buttigieg. I honestly didn't see Buttigieg to do anything this election. And that's on me. I just – he came out of nowhere. Like, I, I did not see him being a force. Do you think he's the media's choice? 
No, the, if it's media's choice, it's Bloomberg. Oh, let's be real. Bloomberg. But like, he's Facebook not Facebook ads guy. He is spending. He spent like four times as much as any other candidate. It just blows my mind. He's not even finishing like in the top six. So I honestly, I think Bernie Sanders is, is the darling right now. Um, but I, it scares me because all it all it really does to sway a voter is to see someone like Trump, who's roughly the same age as Bernie Sanders, standing against Bernie Sanders. And you see the healthiness difference. Yeah. And that's like, that scares me. I don't want a leader that looks weak. You want someone who looks strong leading your people. And Trump's, Trump gives that appearance. It's, it's got to be amazing, the effect of television on elections. Just that oh, yeah. you can see your can and all that factors into your thought it's process. Just, it's just crazy that, like, the amount of wear and tear that Trump has had, like, businesses failing, you know, being a president for four years, just, you know, all his, you know, mishandled marriages and stuff, mishandled, let's say, adulterous relationships and stuff like that. Like, it just doesn't seem like he ages. Who we were talking about in history class, Teddy Roosevelt, and my teacher was oh, saying gosh. how Teddy Roosevelt was extremely charismatic, and when he entered a room, he sucked the energy out of it. He just owned the room, yeah. and he's like, "That's how Trump is. Yeah. These guys, for whatever reason, they have an insane amount of energy. Mm. They drink like Teddy Roosevelt was a big caffeine addict. Donald Trump chugs Diet Coke, doesn't Every he? Every day, dude. no, Every no day. Uh, beer, no smoking." He's just Diet Coke. And this is a different breed. It's like you don't have to respect him necessarily, but truly, yeah. uh, what's the word? Anomaly in mm. the human species. Because yeah. he's in his 70s. I, Isn't yeah, he in his yeah, 70s? Yeah. I think that if this is, this is my opinion. I think if it flips and Buttigieg wins and he has Bernie Sanders as his VP, I think he has a chance. If Bernie Sanders is the president and Buttigieg is the VP, I don't think it works. I think... If Bernie Sanders runs as Bernie Sanders with Andrew Yang, I know I'm throwing a lot of like if this happens that if Bernie Sanders runs with uh, Andrew Yang as his VP, I think that he wins that election. People, if if you don't know who Andrew Yang is, please do your research. This dude is bringing so much great ideas. He's an outsider coming in. He's young. He's passionate. He has great ideas. Like just do your research, look into him. There's a lot of people who are on the right looked at him and said, "Wow." I like this guy better than Donald Trump. Like he's bringing in ideas that need to be done, and it's it sucks that he's out because I honestly I, I liked him, him too. He had a podcast with Joe Rogan. I listened to. I was like, mm. wow. It seemed like he was trying to make America better, and no. he had, and he also foresaw in the future what technology's advancements would do to employment in the workforce, especially with truck drivers. But that was a microcosm for how society is going to become more automated. And he was like, we need to start preparing for this because this is going to be a significant issue more than just for truck drivers. No, and he, and he was coming up with the great idea of the, the universal basic income. Like UBI. You, really, you think about that. Like, and a lot of people freak out because it's like, oh, that's socialist. Yeah, but there's people who are not living a life be, like safe because they don't make enough money. And then they're like, well, they could have went to school. No, not everyone has that opportunity. Yeah. So he's making it so everyone has a, has an opportunity to be successful in life. And I think it's something that, like, hey, it might not work in our lifetime, but we need to start discussing this so that we can start implementing ideas like this. Definitely. I think – and just the fact that he brought those ideas up, hopefully that – that stays in circulation more than the ideas of like Trump's a racist and a xenophobe because yeah. yeah. that's just that's a dead end. That's I mean just, that, we, that goes nowhere. I think that like you look at the left and like they've been reusing the same tactics they used in 2016 and then it's like why? Like if you want to truly win this election, change your attacks. And I'm not saying like attack Trump or anything, but like find something that'll actually stick to him or find something that gets under his skin. And you're like, well, he's so weak on. Twitter and I was like you do realize like with him being that passionate on Twitter he wins followers every day because oh yeah 
the shoot that my my leader doesn't stay he stands up to the littlest things cool like he's not going to back down from anything people respect that and if that's not the tactic the democratic party should attack i think they should really start rethinking and organizing and start being like hey we could be the bigger party like let's let's actually just talk about issues and when trump tries to go low we go high like why can't we do that i mean that hillary hillary started off that way and she was getting traction then she started stooping to his own level and she got destroyed in the election mm-hmm. they I have seen ever since, you know, Trump became president, uh, I have not heard one stance from the Democratic Party Mm. other than we don't like Trump. Mm. Like, and I'm like, that's okay. You got all the people who don't like him. Okay. If you want to try to get people who like him to come to your side, Mm -hmm. talk about issues they want to hear about. Mm. Like, don't just be in, keep being like, uh, we don't like Trump. See, and it's it's funny you bring that up because I was talking with a friend about that, and he was like, "I don't know what the Democratic like stances are or anything." And I was like, "Well, you got to watch the Democratic uh, debates, and I guarantee you don't you don't you don't care about that." No. And so it's like that's the problem is all you all you the Democrats are going after is anyone but Trump, and it's like, well, what do you stand for? Like, right, exactly. That's what we need to know, and like, what this is how you stand for. And yeah, that's why millennials won't vote. Yeah, is because. Unless I know what you're standing for, I'm not voting. Uh, or you have the other ones who are like, oh, well, at least I know what Trump stands for, so I'll vote for him because at least he stands for something. Absolutely. It's like, this is the analogy that just popped in my head. Mm. Imagine Trump is this really, oh, it's a decent water park. And the Democrats are trying to be another water park or to down the Trump water park. So they just keep saying, the water park sucks, the water park sucks. And everybody at the water park is like, maybe, but what do you have? Do you yeah. build a better water park? Uh-huh. Then maybe we'll go over and check it out. But oh, right now I'm on the slide. How does your brain work, dude? I like water parks. <laughs> <laughs> I was just Big like, water park that's fan. A, that's a really good analogy. But though. can that's you imagine like a bunch of people saying, hey, your water park sucks. And they're just sit, standing on nothing. <laughs> they have like a little four square yeah. sidewalk with some chalk on it. <laughs> a little hopscotch. Who even plays hopscotch? What, you, one foot, two foot uh, over and over again? I don't know. That's, that's, this has been a, a very interesting right episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we've we it's been fun. I think, you know, we've talked about a lot of different topics, but, um, yeah, I think that, I think if we leave with anything, I know we've been kind of controversial. We've said things that like, Hey, we're obviously right leaning. We're not going to deny that. But if anything you leave from our episodes is do your own research. Mm-hmm. Like Pete Bujeg, what do you know about him? Except for that he confesses to be a gay Christian. Like there's more to him. There's more to his ideology. What did he vote for when he was mayor of South Bend? Like, Look into this stuff. See what he actually stands for. Because he, I guarantee eight, ten years ago, he wasn't thinking about running for president. So you're going to see his true his true truths behind who he is. Yeah. See what he stands the for. The true, true. Uh, Bernie Sanders, he's been standing up for civil rights since the 60s. He's gotten arrested for that. What else do you know about him? I mean, besides the fact he's been a senator for the past 30 years. Like, do some other research. Don't just know, like, hey, he's a socialist. No more stuff it's about Got to go person. beneath the headlines. Yeah. And it's tough because we're busy as Americans. They put clickbait titles for a reason, and it takes time to yeah. dig deep. But if you dig deep... Just don't vote for Joe Biden. Like, Jack, that was your boy, Jack. He you was. were saying that, like, he a was. year ago. You're like, I think Joe Biden might win. And then I realized he's becoming senile. Yeah. He's, I don't know what he stands for anymore. He's not like, going to win. He's, he's a wild card. And he, I don't... As in a president, we've had a wild card. I want to see what we can do with a stable president. <laughs> that's, that's my truth. I'll run. All right. 
I'll get your vote, Jack. All right, guys. Well, that's it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we have new content on InfoPilgrims.com. From all of us here at InfoPilgrims Network, we say thank you for listening. And until next time, let's make America think again.